All right, Classic FM 94.3 Abuja, the station that plays every song you know. It's 44 minutes into the 11 o'clock hour. Welcome to the Classic Lounge, in case you're just tuning in. And um, it's time for a NAS in focus. We started a bit earlier today. And uh, we already have the honorable member of the House of Representatives in the House, and that is Honorable Mohamed Tahir Monguno. He's representing Monguno um, Federal Constituency in Borno State. And we'll be talking about, of course, some of the issues and activities that have been going on in the House of Representatives. Welcome to the show, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much. Okay. So, I mean, I wanted to start with, um, you know, this because I, I found this interesting. I, I actually saw it on Twitter. It's, you know, one of the new honorable members who was talking about it and I found it interesting. The bill for establishment on um, a commission for small arms and light weapons, you know, that you, that you raised. I want us to talk about that and why exactly you decided to, to, you know, put that forward? Okay, thank you very much. My name is Honorable Barista Mohamed Tahir Monguno. I'm representing Marte Monguno Nganzai Federal Constituency of Borno State, and I'm also the Chief Whip of the House of Representatives. So the main reason behind my sponsorship of the bill for the control of uh, the commission that will seek the control of small arms and light weapons is purely as a result of the fact that there is proliferation of these small arms and light weapons in the hands or in the possession of non-state actors. And that has really aggravated our present state of uh, insecurity, the avalanche of insecurity that we have across the nooks and crannies of this country. Where you go to the northeast, we have the problem of the Boko Haram insurgency. When you come to the northwest, we have the problem of banditry and kidnapping. When you go to the southeast, we have the problem of armed robbery. When you go to the south-south, we have the problem of militancy, pipeline, vandalism, and what have you. It is all done as a result of the fact that they are in possession of these light weapons and small arms, which is uh, in the possession of these non-state actors. And it has really aggravated the state of insecurity in the country. And then the primary purpose of uh, governance anywhere in the world is to guarantee the welfare and security of the citizenry. Any government that fails and or neglects to perform that primary duty, that government is not up initial, is not supposed to be in existence. So no matter the level of investment that a government uh, puts into guaranteeing the security of the people is not uh, too much. Mm. And beside that, there is an ECOWAS treaty that was agreed upon by member countries for the establishment of uh, this uh, commission. And so far, it is only Gambia and Nigeria that have not ratified that treaty by Domestically. Uh, yes, yeah, mm. by ratification. So it was against this backdrop that I decided to sponsor that uh, bill so that the commission will be legally mandated with the responsibility of morphing off these small arms and light weapons, giving inventory of these small arms and light weapons, and at the same time also encouraging people that are in possession of these small arms and light weapons to show motu on their own volition, surrender uh, these reforms to, uh, to the commission either by way of uh, giving them reward or yeah, even by way of uh, instituting a whistleblower policy. Uh, mm. People that can blow the whistle on and people uh, who have possessions uh, of are in this. possession of these reforms so that they can be rewarded. So there is a need for us to have a commission 
that uh, will not only back but will bite in the discharge of that function rather than having an ad hoc arrangement of uh, the police because the police is already yeah, overstretched. Which, which is what I, which is where I'm getting to because I mean, um, if I go by the report that you know the Vanguard put out about this, um, there were people who supported your bill and there were people who also thought that you know this was going to be a duplication that there was something in the police acts that empowered them, you know, for this. Um, and you know that it will probably be better if the police is empowered to do this, you know, than uh, you know putting forward a, another commission entirely, you know, for for this. And they're talking about the financial implication of setting up, you know, such a commission and, and all of that. Um, you're saying that the police is overstretched. Wouldn't it probably be better if the police is empowered, you know, to have more equipment and then you know they're able to focus on this as opposed to having another commission? set up just for this you know uh, the the reasoning behind setting off the I, I agree with you in total that it is the duty of the police under the firearms act and the police act uh to move off these light weapons and small arms which are in possession of non-state actors but it is because of the gravity of the situation that it has now it is now threatening to uh, the corporate existence of this country. It is now threatening even the territorial integrity of this country. So because of the gravity of the situation, there is the need for us to set up the, this commission. And as I told you earlier on, no amount of uh, investment by government mm. in guaranteeing the welfare and security of the citizenry is too much because that is the primacy of uh, of governance. And you can see even uh, in uh, in the times first, because of the gravity of the situation with regard to corruption and embezzlement of public funds, government decided to come up with the idea of establishing the ICFC and the EFCC. If not, it is also within the confines of the jurisdiction of the of the police to investigate uh, financial crimes, uh, embezzlement and what have you. And these are offenses that are cognizable both under the penal court and also under the criminal court for which the police can investigate and therefore the police can, can, can prosecute. But because of the gravity of the situation, of uh, corruption that has eaten so deep into our public like a cancer worm and threatening our developmental existence and the, 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 the corporate existence of this country that we decided to, to have come the up with the ICPC and the ICPC to, to promptly tackle that situation. So it will not be out of place if we can also establish a commission that will be charged with the responsibility of morphing of these small, the small weapons arms. and light arms because of mm. the gravity of the situation. The avalanche of uh, insecurity that we are having all across the nooks and crannies of this country. Yeah, I agree with that. But, um, I mean, I'm looking at, there was a report um, last year about the federal government actually considering setting up this kind of commission. But of course, if, if the um, legislative arm supports it, it gives it more credibility. It, it now becomes a law. It can be established, uh, you know, as, as a commission, you know, to do that. But I mean, if you look at all of the insecurities that, you know, seems to have 
excavated um, in, in recent times. I, I want to take you back to what is going on with um, the NEF and, um, you know, Hertzman and all of those. I want to get your thoughts on, on, on that particular statement made by the NEF that, oh, you know, let the Hertzman uh, come back to the north, you know, because of this that is going on. Uh, what, what do you think about that, that particular proclamation? Well, uh, um, I don't support the idea of uh, people uh, plying the embers of disunity in this country. We are all Nigerians. As Nigerians, we are free to live and do our legitimate business in any part of the country, so long as we don't engage uh, in illegal activities. So, the idea of uh, telling all headsmen to come back uh, to the north is not uh, in tandem with the unity of this country. Well, there is a need for us to transform our diversity into a source of uh, strength for the country and then bring out all the advantages that is agreeable to our, to our diversity rather than finding the embers of disunity and telling people from headsmen to go back to the, I don't I don't subscribe to that uh, hmm. to that it's idea bad. and then this migration of uh, the headsmen from the north to the south is purely is as a result of uh, the issue of climate change Lecture, lecture, the drying yeah. of the lecture. The lecture is now about not more than ten percent of its original size, and then the problem of uh, desert encroachment and desertification that has uh, eaten off the grazing land, and that is that is what brought about migration of the headsmen to the south in search of uh, greener pasture. Yeah. So, but my advice to them is that uh, they should not, in the process of looking for greener pasture, go embed people's uh, uh, farmland because it's going to be a source of uh, uh, conflict. And then another source of conflict between herdsmen and farmers is also the issue of urbanization. In the 60s, our population is not like that. We are now about nearly 200 million era. So there is a lot of uh, urbanization to the fact that cattle routes that Ordinarily, as supposed to be routes for cattle are, have now become urban areas. Even Abuja, we are told, is is a huge cattle uh, route, but now it is taken over. It is now urbanized. It's settlement everywhere. So it is as a result of uh, one the issue of uh, climate change that has eaten off uh, with all its attendant effect of. Uh, bringing about desertification and desert encroachment. But, but isn't that reason, the reason why, you know, people are saying, well, why don't you have ranches instead so that you're not migrating from one place to the other? You can just stay in one place, everything provided, and you can you can, you can raise yes, your, your cattle yes, there. I am the immediate first chairman of the Committee on Agriculture in the House yes. of Representatives. I'm one of the strong advocates of ranches and cattle colonies. Because the advantage of having cattle colonies and ranches is that these headsmen will be aggregated, aggregated sorry, in one place, and then there will be provision for veterinary hospitals, there will be provision for water, there will be provision for school for their children, and then government will also develop green uh, pastures 
uh, for them. So I am, I am, I am strongly an advocate of, uh, of, of, of establishing cattle colonies or Dinau Ruga. So, so let me, let's talk about Ruga for a minute then, yes. uh, because Ruga has been a source of controversy in the country. Um, maybe it's because of the way it was put out or something. But now, of course, we know that the federal government has suspended it. And um, it's, but of course, we have Zamfarasi saying that they are still going to go ahead with it, even though the federal government has suspended it. The way Ruga was put out, it, it didn't sit well with with people from other places. You're talking about cattle colonies or, you know, like Ruga establishment of hospitals and things like that. At the end of the day, there are people see that this is a business. So if you have cows, you know, operated like a business, you can decide to take this place, pay for it and have your cows there and establish whatever you want. The government does not need to do that for you because it's your business and you're profiting of it. I disagree with that idea because farming is a business. Yes. Farming is a business. And government supports farmers with fertilizer, with input, with mechanization. But they don't build to, schools to, for to them. To encourage farming. And hospitals. Uh, yes. But in the rural areas, they, they, they build the, in the rural areas, the, the, the hospitals, the, the, you know, majority of our farmers in Nigeria are based in the rural areas. But it's for the entire community. Yes. It's not There's just for the, farmers. For the entire community, yes. Majority of our farmers are in the rural areas. The vast majority, about 99% of the people that are staying in the rural areas are engaged in farming. And because of that, government provides rural, rural roads for them to, for the purpose of evacuating their produce to, to the cities. It, it gives them mechanization in terms for, for the for, for the purpose of tilling the land. It gives them tractor, uh, sorry, fertilizer, inputs, and what have you to encourage them. So, if government provides uh, uh, borehole uh, water, veterinary hospitals, or schools for 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 for, for a cattle uh, settlement, whether you call it ruga ranching or cattle colony. It's, it's, it's part of welfare to its citizenry because these are Nigerians also. These are class of Nigerians. They are entitled to benefit from from the government. Absolutely. And, and yes. I agree with that, uh, that of course, it's government's um, uh, duty to provide the, the basic even amenities. The, even in the urban areas, government has built... Uh, they provide amenities. Uh, government has provided light for us. Government has provided... Uh, Roads for us, government has provided water it's, for it's us. It's a government's even duty. Government is even giving us uh, uh, housing at, at, at uh, social it's, housing. It's, it's a government's duty to do all of that. Yes. Absolutely, I agree. You know, but the, the argument is that for Ruga, you're saying that, you know, this is going to be like a community for them. Everything that you have listed is not just done for farmers or, you know, because you're a farmer, so we're going to give you hospitals and things like that. It's for everybody in the community. So whether I am a farmer, I'm a trader, I have access to because I'm a citizen. There is no special preference for me because I'm a farmer or I am a trader. So some people say, yes, ranching by all means, but, you know, probably not the government providing. Let those people invest. They make money off this. They sell the cows to Nigerians and Nigerians pay for it. So bring your money and say, okay, we want to do this. Find investors and then, and then do that. Which is what the NLTP plan of the government was supposed to also no, well, address. You know, well, government decided to come up with this idea, taking into cognizance the the, 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 the the nomadic lifestyle of the of the. Of but the government, the, the UAPC government has yes. this owned uh, has this owned this. I mean, the, the president suspended it and said that yes, he thought yes, that yes, it was part they want of the sub- NLTP because because the government is now subjecting it to to uh, thorough scrutiny, and then also 
by way of uh, sensitization of the people because it's like people who did not uh, there is no proper education and sensitization of the people before the policy was let was, me ask was, you this sir. was brought out so there is need for mm. government to come out with deliberate uh, sensitization of the people about this Ruga settlement let, let me let me uh, ask this you this, the, sir. The, 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 the happy nomadic lifestyle so and the government uh, is obliged to provide for them in tandem with their with their lifestyle because they are Nigerians. Absolutely, the government should provide for them because they are Nigerians. But I want to ask you this: uh, You were the chairman for their cultural committee yes. um, in the in the Eighth Assembly. Did, did you did you know about the NLTP at that time, um, the National Livestock um, Transformation Plan? Because that was one that was headed by the vice president. That was you know done with NEC and was supposed to also have ranching, but it is more um, investor driven and more capitalist than Aruga, which is more like a socialist kind of thing. Um, there, uh, the, the NLTP is something that has been worked on by the um, by no, NEC for, for a long the, time before the, before Aruga came up. So why the, not stay with even that? Even the livestock uh, program that you are talking about presupposes government providing veterinary hospitals in in, in those cattle colonies presupposes government providing uh, schools, presupposes government providing water. That is the cattle colony. It is when it comes to ranching. When it comes to ranching, the ranching is purely uh, is business. business. And it is only people like you and me that have the wire with that that can be able to engage in ranching. I don't have the word with all yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> the people like you and me that have, that have the word will that I can engage in ranching. But those people in the rural areas don't have the word without to engage in, in ranching. So that's why the government came up the idea of, of cattle colonies. So cattle colonies, Ruga, whatever name you call it, I think they are, they are the same. And government is obliged to provide for them because they are Nigerians. Just the way government is providing social, social amenities like water, light, social housing, Hospitals and what have you, a national health insurance, a lot of, a lot of yeah, I mean, for I, 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 us in the city. I, I, absolutely, see, we we can continue because there's a lot to talk about here. But I think we should move on to some other things. Yes. And I want to go back to the issue of um, of insecurity. Um, I want to go back to that because um, there have been calls, you know, for um, an emergency situation to be declared where insecurity is concerned. Now, of course, we have the Senate right now. Um, they're saying that you're going to have a national security summit, you know, and um, they want it to address the numerous insecurity challenges that we do have in the country. What 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 is the House going to do? I mean, the, the Senate is saying they want to have a national security summit. Um, where does the House stand where insecurity is concerned? Aside, you know, trying to establish a commission for um, you know, the proliferation of small arms. You know, um, as I told you earlier on, the primary responsibility of government is to provide Security. That is the primary social contract that government has with the people. So long as a government does not provide the basic minimum of guaranteeing the security of the people, then that then there is no need to have government. That is the difference between uh, pale states or statelessness and states uh, pale state and a functioning state. So, 
and it, uh, and 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 we are we are the house of representative and indeed the national assembly as a whole we are representative of the people and at all times we should jealously guard and protect the interests of the people being a responsible and responsive parliament so the issue of security security is of primacy in whatever we are doing so we i we concur with the summit that is going to be held by by the senate by the senate we agree with them and even yesterday the leadership of the house of representatives the speaker and the senate president went with mr president and one of the issues that was extensively discussed between the two presiding officers and mr president is the issue of uh, how to ameliorate the problem of insecurity or com- completely wipe up the problem of, uh, wipe out the sc- problem of insecurity that we have we have in the country uh, so we are in tandem with having a national summit on on on, on, on insecurity i yes. mean the eighth assembly did have i mean the eighth senate had um you know a national security summit yes, yes. um a number of people would say that that didn't have any any sort of effect so why have another um i mean and then that that's that's the one, number one number two i mean you uh um you know you belong to the apc which is the ruling party right now would you say that you know the apc government as it stands is doing enough where insecurity is concerned Yes, government is doing enough with regard to the problem of insecurity. You know, before the coming into being of this government, about two-thirds of the local governments in the northeast of Adama, in the states of Adama, Borno, and Yobia are under the occupation of Boko Haram. Boko Haram, they have hosted their flags they are administering the place, including my own local government of Monguno, is that we have been excised out of Nigeria because Boko Haram has completely conquered, conquered, conquered those places. It was, it was the coming of this government, the determination and the zeal, as well as the gallantry displayed by our forces, coupled with the political will given by Mr. President to our ampos, uh, political leadership, and will given by Mr. President to our forces, these local governments were liberated from Boko Haram insurgents. And right now, as I'm speaking to you, not a single local government is under occupation by Boko Haram insurgents. And then this problem of uh, kidnappings and what a few are something that have now started rearing their ugly heads now. And I think government is doing its best to nip it in, to nip it a, a number of Nigerians will probably not agree that the government is doing its best because every time we pick up the newspaper, there's a story about a kidnapping, you know, a mm. killing and all over the place, an armed robbery. A lot of the times, I would always say that people, nobody rewards efforts. People reward, you know, results. Yes. You know, so until the results starts to show, I, I do not think a lot of Nigerians will agree that the government is doing enough. I mean, of course, the issue of Boko Haram, to a large extent, the government has done something there, but it does seem like uh, they dropped the ball. In, in some other instances and in some other parts of the country. So, I mean, is there going so to be something that you will do? So just the way the issue of Boko Haram has been tackled by the government, the issue of banditry that we are having in the Northwest, the issue of kidnappings and what have you, will equally be tackled by the, by the, by the government. You know, this security situation is very, is very fluid and very, very, very dynamic. And then 
the government is up to the tax of uh do, do you think that the president the should probably you know switch service chiefs of the different security agencies i mean these guys have been the ones in charge for a long time up until now and we still have these issues well uh i am not i'm not a military man so i will not be in a position to judge their operational uh, capability. But I mean, looking well, at the results that we've had so far, do you think that they have done a good job? The security well, well, chiefs looking that are in at the, looking at the results, for example, for somebody that is coming from the northeast, I think I will, they deserve a fat on the back. For somebody that is coming from the northeast, they deserve a fat on the back. They have done tremendously well because. But we still, get, Aram, we still get reports a, about, a, about a, soldiers a, killed a, and, and a, things like that. At a point, it's threatening the, the corporate existence of this country completely. They have declared caliphate. They are administering their own laws in, in, in two thirds of local governments in three states. They have completely excised those local governments. And it has been liberated. Civil authority has returned. People have returned back to their communities and what have you. So, for somebody that is coming from the northeast, they deserve a fat on the back. Hmm. I don't think a lot of Nigerians will agree with you on that, though. Um, but but let, let, let's let's quickly talk about this. This is talking about insecurity. Um, there's a, there's a story about um, you know the House of Reps, um, you know rejecting the Nigerian Police Bill that was passed by the Senate in the eighth in the eighth Senate. And of course, you have um, the President of the Senate right now saying that they're going to that Senator Ahmed Lawan talking about you know putting it back and, and pushing it. But the House rejected it in the eighth in the eighth um, you know Assembly. Do you think the House will support that bill again? The police bill. Even as of that time, I am one of those that are uh, in support of those bill of that bill. Though the house, in his wisdom, decided to reject, so I am in support of uh, bringing back that bill to the ninth assembly. Because what modifications do you, would you like to see there? Because some of the things that the house, you know, pointed out to reject it at the time, um, you know, they, they were talking about the fact that the bill was going to reduce the number of assistant inspectors, uh, general of police from seven to one, and um, you know, there's also the idea that it's going to be some sort of duplication, and you know, they, they said that they would not want to put this bill forward that it may create more confusion than it aims to cure and that it's inconsistent with what is obtained in the constitution. So if, if it's put forward again, you know, um, now that it's anything, they still want to push it. What what sort of modifications would you like to see in that bill well, for only, it to pass? Well, for house? it to pass, I think the, the fundamental issue there is any provision of any law that is in conflict with the Constitution, because the Constitution is the grand number of the land, such a law will be null and void to the extent of its inconsistency with the provision of the Constitution. So that provision that offends the provision of the Constitution should be expunged. And all other, all the issue of uh, reducing the number of inspector generals, these are purely operational uh, issues. Or these are purely operationals and administrative issues that can be can be can be can be looked into because there is a need for us to energize the Nigerian Nigerian police to 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 discharge their duty very well. If the Nigerian police is is well strengthened to perform its duty, we will not have we will not be having all this problem of insecurity because right now our armed forces are over, are over, over stretch. 
they are, they are, they are doing more of internal security rather than fighting external uh, uh, aggression. And their primary duty is to defend the territorial integrity yes. of this country and yes. fight, fight. The police is supposed to be the ones that is doing their this. That is the police that is supposed to be in charge of uh, internal security. But because we have one of the lowest ratio of uh, uh, a police policeman to, to police to citizens, that's why our armed forces are engaged in these various theaters of conflict and they were overstretched hmm. and what have you. So, so there is a need for, to, for us to recruit more strengthen the police and i'm also one of those that are advocating for community policing because there is no way you can send somebody from from for example your state of delta to borno in my local government and then police that uh that plays very well there is need for local knowledge Mm. There is need for local knowledge of the terrain, local knowledge of the environment, local knowledge of the culture of the people and what for him to effectively police that environment. So that's why I'm also one of the advocates of uh, community policing and also massive recruitment into the Nigerian police and then those people that were recruited to serve in the Nigerian police should be posted to their local governments of origin to serve. Mm. Hmm. Well, let, let, let's let's quickly talk about I mean this Amajiri system, you know, because I know that it also came up in the house. Um, the president, you know, has said that states have to do more to to end the Amajiri system, saying that the responsibility for the education of Amajiri kids rests, you know, on the shoulders of states' governments. Uh, when this issue came up um, in the house, I mean, what the report is saying is that the house uh, blocked the move to include the Amajiri system in, in basic education i mean it was sponsored you know by um you know one of the the members of the house and one of the things um you know that was there was to declare child destitution and begging a national emergency and call on government at all levels to ensure that children are provided you know with basic um education and all of that um but but the the, the house basically um did not they they rejected this bill let's talk a little more about that and how you think the imaginary issue can be addressed well, the, uh, the Almagir issue is already being addressed. Being addressed in the sense that there is this Sangaya system, we call it Sangaya system, that is mainstreamed into the basic education system. In my state of Borno, in my state of Borno, we have this, what you call Al- the Almagiris. We have what we call sangayas. There are these, there are, there are local schools where they they take uh, these lessons in, in 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 the memorization of the Quran on Islamic knowledge and what have you. So then it is only uh, after school then they go out to back on the streets. But it has been mainstream into the basic uh, education system. We now call it sangaya system, whereby government builds schools for them, and then government also gives them uh fits them and what have you so the major t- solution to the almagiri system is to mainstream the sangaya into the basic education system that's the way it is done in in in, in borno state that yeah. is the solution because they have you know they have their local schools you will see 20 30 of them headed by some one teacher and then there are also various teachers teaching them various verses of the Holy Quran and then teaching them other aspects of Islamic religious knowledge. We call it Sangaya in my place. So 
Once we mainstream those 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 sangas into the basic education system, take care of them by way of uh, providing them with uh, uh, basic numeracy and then uh, learning and what have you, then provide them with feeding and what have you. Then we okay, mainstream. You can take them off the street. But but one of the we things that that, the that the house um, because uh, from the report. Nine of the prayers were granted concerning that, but the exception was that, you know, the Federal Ministry of Education should integrate the Amadri education system into the Universal Basic Education Program. You are saying it would be nice to mainstream it, but it does seem that your colleagues are not in total support of that. I'm, I'm fully in support of mainstreaming it into the, into, into the basic education system, and that is what was done in, in, in my set of Bormu. So you think and that, that would, it, it, would, it, would, it would take them off the streets? And, and, that that and, will take them off the streets. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um. What, what was the? And uh, how I think that even the the last government, this uh, the uh, the 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 immediate first government of uh, President Goodluck Jonathan, has built to establish Amadiri schools. Uh, yes, it has, be, has uh, established various Amadiri schools, but it has not taken up for whatever reason. I don't know. Hmm. So, so you are saying that you agree with the president that states need to probably domesticate this. States need to mainstream it. Yes, and yes. You're and you're saying you agree with him that states are the ones who have the responsibility for for their margaries. Yes, their the states. states have the, the responsibility for their margaries because most of them are young children, and the states are responsible for this uh, for basic primary education. for basic education. Hmm. Okay, let's quickly talk about um, you know what is going on in in the. In Edo State, right? Um, you have the House of Reps, you know, talking about you know um, shutting down the Edo State House of Assembly and things like that. And, and, you, and you have the Edo State governments coming here to say that the House of Representatives lacks the constitutional powers to shut down the Edo State House of Assembly. I mean, we, we well know the issues coming up from from the Edo State House of Assembly, but now you know they're saying, well, the House should not, you know. Anyway, a committee was set up in the house to look at, to look at this, but you know, Edo states they are not they are not in support of this. They think that it's it's an over it's an um, overreach of the House of Representatives. It's not overreach. The Constitution is very clear and unambiguous, and particularly section eleven subsection four is very clear and unambiguous as to when such powers can be invoked. The Constitution is very clear that where there is crisis in a legislative house state legislature of house of assembly that will lead down to complete breakdown of law and order the house of representatives can take over can take over not shut it down can well because before before the taking over the inspector general of police because there is an illegality going on there in order to stop the illegality that is going on there there is a need to shut it down so that the house will be properly constituted to do its legislative business. And that is why the House of Representatives set up a committee. The committee went and investigated and then came out with a report and a, with certain recommendations, findings and recommendations. And one of their findings is that the proclamation was not done in tandem with the provision of the Constitution because the letter of proclamation so-called issued does not even contain as to time of the of the of, of proclamation and then the notice of proclamation came two days after it was published in the national dailies two days after the super, the alleged uh, uh, pro proclamation so it is completely an illegality 
and there is need to stop such an illegality for the purpose of the proper constitution of the order uh, of the of the of the, of the order, uh, proclamation and subsequent inauguration of the house of assembly or possible takeover by the house of representatives as provided for in the constitution and before that is done there is need to shut it down because it is an illegality that is going on there but but they're saying that um according to the other state government they're saying that i mean they it's been alleged that they're unable to sit but that is not true you know and that there are people who are who went on exile and so the self-exile members they're the ones who don't want to sit but that other members you know they 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 agree to sit and so legislative uh, duties are going on and so they don't see what constitutes the kind of crisis for the house of well, representatives uh, as far the report of uh, of the of our committee is the inauguration was done secretly surreptitiously behind the scene because it is not communicated to all the members of the house of assembly but it was communicated to a select few and the inauguration was done around 9:30 in the in the evening it was not communicated to all the members and it was done purposely to impose a leadership that will be dancing to the whims and caprices of the executive while the other members which who are 16 i think or 14 were completely left out only our nine members nine. nine who are in minority were selected for the proclamation and then subsequent inauguration just to elect a speaker that will dance to the tune of the executive in Edo state but they're also saying that the case is before the courts, that, you know, let the courts decide on this matter, you know, the House of Representatives, since it's, it's already, uh, you know, before the court of law, you know, should probably hands up. Well, you know, a court of law, quite all right, um, I believe in separation of powers as per section four, five and six of the of the Constitution. And there is there are plethora of cases to the effect that a court of law cannot stop an arm of government from performing its duties. It is only when such duties are performed that the court can determine whether such uh, exercise of powers are in accordance with the constitution or are in accordance with the law or not. Mm. So the House of Representatives is merely performing its, 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 its duties, duties now. It mm. is only after the performance of such duties that the court can now pronounce whether such an, such an act is legal or is illegal. So we are merely performing our. So, so what's the what's the way what's the way forward now? If 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 they're refusing to allow the house to be shut down, what 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 goes on? What's the next thing after this? Definitely, the house will invoke the the the, the, the provisions of the constitution, which is very clear and unambiguous, section eleven, subsection four, and take over the business of uh, legislation, of legislation for, in, a in state, for for a state. Wow. 
Okay, uh, that that's an interesting. We will just see how how it how it plays out, yeah. uh, because according to the Edo State Government, they think this is all politics. It's about some influences in Abuja trying to use the House of Representatives, you know, to achieve their aim in Edo State, I'm trying not, to I'm, I'm partake not, in the politics I'm not, of I'm it. I'm not aware of that. Of um, the politics. I'm not that's aware the accusation of that. they're putting forward. I'm not aware of that. Uh, the only facts that are within my knowledge is that. There are two parties in Edo State. We have set up that there is crisis in Edo State House of Assembly. And as per Section 11, Subsection 4, we constituted a committee to go and investigate. The committee has submitted a report. And we are going to act on the report. On the report. Okay. All right. Let's quickly get to the issue of uh, appointment of ministers. I mean, definitely, of course, Senate is going conference when he says and all that. We heard, you know, that the president was going to submit a list just last week. Um, that didn't happen. And then, you know, we're now here. It is um, Friday, the 19th of July, you know. Um, let, let's talk about that. And the National Assembly was supposed to go on recess really soon. What happens? The president hasn't appointed, you know, uh, ministers. Uh, wh- what do you have to say after that? It's two months after the inauguration of the president. I mean, of your party. And it does seem like um, a lot of activities haven't started because of the lack of, of ministers being appointed. Mr. President is very clear about the choice of ministers. He said this time around he's going to take his time and appoint People that he knows, but he has people, had time. People, people that he knows that can deliver on the mandate given to him and the APC because he's on his last lap as the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. So we should give him more time that time because it is better done good than done in a bad way. But but you had to see here's the so, thing. So and, and again the constitution. Yes. Under section 147 of the constitution, only said the means the, the president shall appoint ministers. The, the, the constitution did not give time limit within which Mr. President is supposed to appoint his. his Do you think minister. that's that's a, an amendment that should get into the constitution about the time that the president appoints ministers? No, I don't think so. We should, we should, we should give uh, whoever is Mr. the president to take his time. Even if it takes a year. Uh, I don't think it will take a year. Yeah, it will the last time it was, it was almost six months. But I don't think it will, it will take that six months now. It will not, but I don't think. But if you do go on recess at the end of this month, you're not coming back until September. Yes, but, but which is going to be about six months after. But, but we can come back. We are, the, the Senate can be summoned back. Because of the even ministerial yes, list. Yes, 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 yes. The Senate can be summoned back. Even even when, when on recess, when there is national issues of national importance, can be summoned back to come and attend to, attend to that request. Of course, uh, we have to talk about the issue of um, internally displaced persons. You know, I mean, you, you coming from Borneo State, you definitely um, have a lot of grasp on, on these issues. The National Assembly should probably look into, you know, maybe not for now, but for at least for future presidents. You know, there should be some sort of, uh, some sort of constitutional amendment so that, you know, Presidents are mandated within a time frame to choose their their ministers and constitute their cabinets. Yes, I think uh, he's 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 a Nigerian. He's free to to disagree. Yes, he's free to disagree, and also 
through any of the members of the National Assembly sponsor such a bill mm. that there should be a time limit, whether one month, two months, one week, or whatever, depending on his own opinion, within mm. which Mr. President should, should, should constitute, should constitute his, his, cabinet. his cabinet. He can sponsor a bill. To, to he, do that. To do that. Okay. He can Absolutely. approach his, his either a, his senator or a member of the House of Representatives to do that. To, to do that. He's free to do that. Let's quickly talk about, you know, the um, um, issue of internally displaced persons and returnees, especially for, for Borner State. Um, how is the government going to reset all these people? What is the fate of these people that were internally displaced, you know, because of the terrorist activities? I mean, you're talking about how, you know, um, the territorial integrity of Nigeria has been you know, reestablish, you know, the terrorist organization. They do not have any territorial, you know, authority over any place. If that is the case, I mean, isn't it time to reset all these people back to where they come from? What 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 is the plan for that? How how do you go about that? You know, yes, uh, you know there is what we call the Kampala Convention. The Kampala Protocol. And that Kampala Convention presupposes that you cannot by force force them to return back hmm. to their various uh, communities. They should go back on their own volition. Volition. You cannot force them. So that is so. Government is acting in tandem with the Kampala Protocol and then the Kampala. Are, are you saying Commission. that the people and are not ready to them, go? They're not ready to go back. Yes, man. Most of them. Most of them. Most of them. For example, in my community of Mongunu, at the heat of the Boko Haram insurgency, the whole of the local government was decided that either most of them are in IDF camp in my degree. Mm-hmm. But now, about 70% have returned back. They have returned? They have returned. Okay. There is civil authority in Mongunu. I can, even if I like, I can fly to my degree today and then go to Mongunu. So, but before even in the wildest of my dreams, I cannot, I cannot think of that. But still, that was standing there are still pockets of attacks. There is significant improvement, but they are not being wiped off completely. Even yesterday, I was just, I was, I was coming from here for this program. I read in the papers that along Maiduguri Damatu Road, there was an ambush where yes. a, a colonel and a captain and some soldiers uh, and were, some soldiers were and, killed. And soldiers yes. were killed. So they were not they were decimated, but not completely wiped out. So as a result of that, it's not all the IDFs that have returned back to their to their to their various communities, but a significant number have returned have back returned. to their various. Uh, uh, communities, communities. And, and a lot more will be done and a lot more that is a lot more, a lot to, more together others back yes, yes okay thank you so much um, Honorable Mohamed Tahir Monguno the Chief Whip of the House of Representatives for coming on the show today and talking to us and answering um, our questions of course we're following up on a number of these issues and yes maybe there should be a sponsorship of that bill you know to amend how long the president can take before he appoints ministers you know into his cabinet if you are passionate about it bring the bill through me and or you through your representative okay okay yeah. okay that sounds that sounds like a good plan yes, that's <laughs> <a> good. <laughs> um let's see if we can take one last call and then we'll be okay. done okay. oh okay and the call is okay let's see classic fm hello hello good afternoon 
Oh dear. Uh, you, lost, you lost it? Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming, sir. Um, I did promise you, um, you know, some Bob Marley tunes, and I am going to go ahead and do that again. I'm going to play for you another Bob Marley song, and I'm going to play a very popular one for you. Here is Bob Marley with Redemption Song. Yes. Stay with Classic FM 94.3 Abuja, the station that plays every song you know.